Hello and welcome back to another episode with me, Kristalina, as your host. Before we begin, I'd like to thank you for following Hype A on Spotify or your podcast platform of choice and giving us a rating as an exchange of your appreciation. Okay, so today, live from Latvia, on episode six, we have Vineta Kaulaka. Vineta Kaulaka is a visual artist based in Riga, Latvia. She studied at the Art Academy of Latvia, at the Humboldt State University in the US, and the Berlin University of the Arts, Berlin, Germany. Her recent exhibitions include Undetermined 17th Century, 17th International Vilnius Painting Triennial at the Applied Arts on Design, uh, the Design Museum of the Lithuanian Art Museum, Vilnius, Lithuania. Forces, another show, Art Number 23 Gallery in London, 2020. A co-curated uh, show with Inga Steinmanner, if I pronounce her surname correctly, at the Art Station, Dibulti, and uh, also Dugaville, please, I can't pronounce this, the name, I'm so sorry, Mark Rothko Art Centre, 2019-2020, also in Latvia. Um, just side note, Mark Rothko was born in Latvia, for those of you who are wanting to know and have a fascination with abstraction. And she also had a solo show, Kaleidoscope, as the permanent representation of Latvia to the European Union in Brussels, Belgium, in 2017, among many, many, many other impressive exhibitions. Not only has Vinetta shown extensively around the world, at such a high level, she's also been the nominee for the Purvitis Prize 2013, which is the most prestigious and the most substantial art award in Latvia, supported by the SIA, Alfor, and the Latvian National Museum of Art. She is the winner of the Druid Competition Center, periphery organized by Feder Culture or Feder Cultura Italia. She's been awarded numerous scholarships, including Brazier's International Artists Workshop and Arts Council England's International Fellowship in the UK, Art Hub Art Artist Residency, Abu Dhabi in the UAE, the Irish Museum of Modern Art Residency Programme in Dublin, Ireland, Triangle, Triangle Artist Workshop New York, Site Internationale des Arts Residency in Paris and France, RAID Projects Artist Residency, Los Angeles, USA, and has received multiple bursaries from the State Cultural Capital Foundation. Her artworks are included in public collections such as Art in Embassies, US State Department, a collection in European Parliament, a collection in the Latvian National Museum of Art, ABLV Bank Art Collection, uh, Unibank Art Collection, Swedbank Contemporary Art Collection, DNB Nord Bank Collection, and Federculture or Federcultura Italia. I can continue with the list. With the monumental feat being stated already, let's welcome Vineta, Labdien Vineta, and Pagliers for coming to Hype A to discuss your work, your practice, and your story. Hello, thank you very much for inviting me. <laughs> My pleasure. And um, as we speak right now, we are at your show, A Matter of Time, which is in Riga right now in the uh, National Museum. How did it all come about? 
this this show did you apply for the show or yes. were you invited i applied already several years ago and due to these strange times due to pandemic and all the situation it was delayed already for several years and um i must say i had more time to get ready as usually so yes i wrote proposal about three years ago and in a way I was trying to work with same issues but it obviously changed due to influence on you know the current situation yeah I mean I think we were talking about it at the after party weren't we about <laughs> having an exhibition during a pandemic is always a very surreal experience isn't it because we were talking about how people don't turn up to our shows because there are lockdowns and it's a very horrible it's a horrible sensation isn't it when you've worked so hard towards something that you can't show to people i know it, it was very very strange experience as my um previous exhibition solo show at the max like so gallery opened um in november in 2020 and it was on a view just for a couple of weeks when galleries were closed and I could just pass by and see it from the street so it was like locked in the glass <laughs> um, behind the glass window of the gallery and yeah it was very weird experience. So it's kind of like seeing your show during during that that time from afar right from the from the gallery window was it I mean you, you obviously mentioned it was a surreal experience but feeling so detached I'm sure exactly when you spend like a year or two intensely working um painting as a medium it's very physical and you kind of feel it's like a body you want to almost touch <laughs> or or see at least time to time and see how it's doing in a gallery <laughs> and uh, yeah it wasn't possible so I'm very pleased that here now uh, I could welcome the audience and I could um, yeah come and see it uh, it's open yeah, it's open to public and talking about time and the pandemic and now we're in 2023 and your show is called a matter of time how important is time as a conceptual idea, even in your work? I think is that one of the main themes and I was approaching uh, that issue, that theme from kind of various points of views using various means. For me, it is very important to grasp something what's not really visible and to make it physical and visible through the process of painting and for me, uh, I consider that time plays very important role in the process, process of creation and the process of painting, and also in the process of observing painting, as what you can see in a one second is completely different that you could see, let's say, after five minutes of looking, there are different things coming out. Um, we'll continue to talk about time, but I'd love to talk about just the visuals, first of all, um, of your paintings. Now, I know Katie Pratt, who introduced me to you, and um, 
Katie Pratt is, hi, pay listeners, is an art colleague of mine, as well as Vinetta, an art colleague of mine. I um, did a lecture after her for the symposium for the Helen Frankenthaler um, exhibition at Dulwich Picture Gallery in London, and um, her discourse was just before mine. And we've also exhibited together. We had a recent show at Thameside Studios together. And um, Katie Pratt wrote um, some wonderful words for your catalogue. And Katie writes about the transcendental nature um, of your work, but more importantly, she says, the materiality you know, of the painting itself and how you paint, as Katie states, generic spaces. Um, let's let's talk about the materiality of the paint, but also, I mean, I, as as a painter myself, I'm a bit of a, a geek for this, mm. uh, you know, a real nerd. Let's talk about the materiality of the paint. Like, let's talk about the medium, like the material that you use. Um, and also, I'd love to, to for you to share to the high pay listeners your installation, like the framing as well of the painting as object. Right. Uh... I was um, aiming to create exhibition that would work particularly in giving space. So I kind of uh, can't separate painting from a place where it's it's told. So I was trying to involve this very particular uh, character of this space, which is slightly unusual for the gallery. It's not like a white cube. It has a lot of uh, diagonals, there are different points of views. Like, a, And I was playing with possibility to make a travel around the paintings and sort of create own story for the viewer according to that point of view uh, to choose. And uh, so it was very important to make this journey and um, the exhibition has three parts. This is the largest room where I have exhibited series of spaces uh, where the imagery arrived from different spaces. But my intention was to create new space through the process of painting. So uh, whether the point of uh, reference come from reality or imagination, it was very important for me to um, create new space that I even can't predict before painting through the process of painting. Is that like a form of escapism, creating those spaces within within these portals, let's say, that is the painting as object itself? For me, it is very important to navigate in the two systems, to view painting as an object as well as an image. So, and to keep some kind of dialogue between these two uh, kind of opposite systems. And I think time is something that kind of connects. Space-time, space and yeah. time, space-time theory, which I'm, I'm a fan of uh, like metaphysics and uh, string theory, quantum physics, you know, Einstein. Um, and, you know, you've got your diagonal lines in your paintings as well, which also mirror the physical reality of the space that we are in right now. As you mentioned, the diagonal lines that are here, it's not its not a white cube square. It's not a square space. its It's got some interesting angles, uh, juxtaposition angles too. And I know your husband's an architect, which I know he'd appreciate that too. Um, but tell us about 
about the architecture, the space and the, the shapes in your painting, paintings? Well, I find this particular exhibition hall to be one of the most uh, challenging spaces in the whole museum. Uh, the, uh, recently, museum was refurbished. So this is a new addition to the historic uh, building that was uh, built um, back in the beginning of 12th, 20th century. Uh, so uh, the new space uh, created in attic of the historical building has this unusual um, lines for the gallery. It's very active itself. And in a way, I didn't want to compete with the space, but I wanted to sort of um, play with it mm -hmm. um, using um, rhythm or kind of um, um, motifs uh, that could make a dialogue somehow to the actual space. And you also mentioned during the opening night about, you know, your appreciation of architecture and space where it's a place, a space where movement takes place, right? Where people come in and out, perceive um, with their eyes. And you mentioned, I think in your catalog about perception, your eyes being the, the center, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. I think we can't separate ourselves from the eye movement or body movement. And uh, it takes part in the process of painting as well as in a process of viewing. So I'm very much interested in the issue of perception itself. And painting as a mean, I think, lets to discover a lot about how our perception works. How do we build the whole image from the parts and what movement does in this process of observing and kind of finding own position to the world. I think this is a process that helps to ident identify ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think it is very important for me as an artist, as a also um, observer. And this is probably something I can share just with anyone, with those who even don't have any practice in painting. Absolutely. And of course, how you've installed the paintings as well. Um, speaking about movement, you know, you've got some lovely visitors right now that have walked into the gallery space, by the way, <laughs> high pay listeners. They're looking around, they're moving around the works, um, there's spaces around the paintings. Tell us more about this perception about movement perception because you know every every place that we physically move to every location we move to we have a new perception of the thing that we're looking at the object of our desire even um tell us about about the installation i wanted to create installation that would invite the viewer to make a journey. So it's not visible, like the whole exhibition is not visible from one particular point. You have to travel to see it from various points of views and according to the location, the show would sort of make um, another, um, another, um, like dimension even? Even dimension. Yeah. Uh, for me, it is very important in the process of painting, for example, uh, when I work on these large scale uh, canvases, it's important to 
uh, involve distance in the process of seeing some. I come closer, I see physicality of the paint, of uh, materiality of it. And when I step back, it kind of moves toward the image. And for me, it is, uh, as I mentioned already earlier, to keep these two systems uh, working uh, like uh, like symbiotically almost. Yeah, that, that we can view painting as an object and you could feel the physicality of that. And then in the same time, uh, there will be possibility to navigate uh, using a reference point um, as an image. And uh, when you come closer, I think one point becomes more active when you step backwards. So you can def get the whole image and putting paintings in the actual space, not at the wall, I kind of allow the space for exploring these different uh, attitudes toward the artwork. Um, and different sort of elevations, again, going back to architecturally as well, like the elevation of you're painting again, your paintings um, off the wall, but part of the wall at the same time, uh, of the light, of the space, of the window, but but also a window of itself. There's this constant of what I'm seeing um, sort of on a, an objective point of view, there's constant dialogue between, um, between the, the connection of either or. Um, it's, it's the in-between stage of it. It is very important because uh, what I, uh, what is important for me in painting that it um, it brings a lot of meanings. It's not just what you see. It's it has many layers of it, and I don't want to stay just in one of that, but mm -hmm. to try to involve as much as possible in it and uh, in this particular exhibition uh, to be honest I never put paintings actually in this way this is the first time for me okay. uh, to uh, install them um, uh, using like actual physical space as a part of the work in this way uh, I'm kind of creating also new space also physical space yeah. and there is another kind of possibility to uh, see that as a space like the whole exhibition whole installation just as a element of space and then there is a possibility to sort of um, get into the painting space Into itself. the painting space itself yeah I see that and I, I you know we're talking about the installation and I, I must mention the curator okay please do that <laughs> I must mention um Elita Ansone is that how you say her surname yes. Elita Ansone hi pay listeners is the curator uh for the show uh a matter of time and you know she she also speaks about um this connection between space and time and space time. Um, and um, she, she, she's, she's an interesting character as well. I, I met her during the show and also after the show. And um, she states that there's, there's an attempt to close in on the invisible, True. right? Yeah. And so is that something that she perceived naturally herself let's say as participant as the audience 
or did she perceive that that let's say meaning through conversation with you we had a lot of meetings and we talk a lot and i must say that the whole process of creation involved these discussions as a element of creation and many ideas were developed based on our conversations and i can't really separate now the final result and concept of that uh, conversations yeah. we had during the process and during uh, uh, due to delay of the show we had even longer period of time of communicating and talking and uh, kind of organizing uh, the exhibition yeah and, and and talking about ideas and 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 yeah and somehow it kind of grew naturally out of that so it wasn't like um kind of yeah. uh, <laughs> fixed yeah and again, it's it's very in keeping with the story behind the painting as well, and the idea behind your show as well. It's there isn't like one fixed, determined space or way to look at the work. No, I feel like that correlates somehow the journey up to the coming upcoming show, which is now, um, and to the actual, you know, the like the the process of conversation and coming to. It's amazing how um, art imitates life. Really, it doesn't. <laughs> I see it over and over again, you know, how it's not just a superficial thing that an event that takes place. It's the gearing up to the event, which again is let's we're talking, we mentioned Mark Rothko and and how uh was it Clement Greenberg who yeah. stated that abstraction is an arena in which to act. And you know, I'm an abstract artist, abstract painter, and I do lots of paintings that are one-shot paintings. So a painting that's done, you know, there and then, high pay listeners. Um and again, it just feels like this is also a dialogue between uh the in-between, a dialogue between action in action. It's very yogic, actually, like yoga, very yogic. Uh, again, that spiritual aspect of, of the in-between, the non-fixed space, um, the transient as well, and um, representation and non-representation, right. which is visible, non-visible, and abstraction, almost, too. Um, how do you feel about people maybe perceiving your work as, as representative or abstract? For me, I think both elements are important. And um, uh, I, I think in the process of creation, I like, I use like all my previous experiences and all my <clears throat> knowledge. I can't really separate myself and, uh, um, during the process of um, uh, developing my own vocabulary, I went through various stages and there was a period after when I returned back from my studies in the United States. There were like about five year period when I was doing painting, just using uh, abstract vocabulary, just excluding any representative elements out of that and uh, I think uh, now when you can obviously find the um, reference point 
that would might lead you thinking that it's just about representation, I still uh, try to maintain a sort of um, approach that involves attitude uh, towards painting, including all elements yes. in the same time. I see, I see that definitely that going back to the materiality aspect as well. So Taipei listeners, if you have the chance to see Vanetta's work globally, get the chance to see it because there are two modes, I would say, of seeing it from afar, but also close up. And when you get really close to the paintings, um, you really see the materiality of the oil paint. Yes, of course. Oil paint. And uh, you see the thickness of um, of the application of the paint um, as object as well, but also you see the movement of the artist's body uh, using the brush. So you see the sort of gestural lines of the brush. And um, again, there's that movement, there's that aliveness with the paintings. It's like they are alive in their own entity. It's like they've always been you know I love that uh sense thank yeah. you <laughs> precious words really thank you I think the most important thing is to make them alive and it's not easy thing <laughs> it's, it's a real talent it's a real skill and again just going back to Rothko as well like this is something that he was really known for that and en the energy of breath and breathing in his work like through certain painterly techniques and using the brush and the softening of the the, the chiaroscuro of the brush mm -hmm. of the tones and I I maybe do you think that's also maybe something uh a, a cultural appreciation too that subconsciously this is a, a universal aspect in Latvia of painters or how because I know you you also study at you know the academy just around the corner from here <laughs> yes that's I, I started uh, as most of the artists uh start their artist careers at first it's art school and then art academy but uh, I had a chance to uh, go to study abroad and I think it made a huge um influence yes. to the way how I work and how I think and uh, it was a uh, really great opportunity so I can't really say that I can reflect sort of um, <laughs> particular uh, type of yeah. uh, artist in Latvia I, I I I feel I might have probably some kind of yeah, yeah adopted uh, other ways yeah especially in the states as well um, that and also part of the art world in general uh, the art academic world too and 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 learning process of learning too I, I guess we we pick that up along the way too um it's just a curious question um <laughs> but talking about the academy and I, I know you mentioned something about the academy um the other night right um and the teaching process and the timing of it all would you like to share a little bit about the history um here in Latvia with regard to art oh you know what uh, the um, art education uh, has changed obviously a lot since that time I was studying here, but uh, I think what 
might be sort of unique that we have only one art academy. So there's not much choice for art students to decide where to go. And usually in these days, young artists are making decision between whether they should um, apply to art academy or, or to go uh, to study abroad. At that time, when I was a student, uh, it was not such an obvious uh, choice. And I think I was uh, very lucky and honored uh, a chance to study uh, as I got like full scholarship for my studies in America. It wasn't an easy thing to do at that time. As, Quite an achievement. Yeah, it, as Latvia, you know, it's, you know, we regain our freedom just back in the beginning of 90s. And it was very difficult period of time economically, politically, and um, we, we, we had to deal with problems that are probably um, already sort of sorted out in more established countries. And for artists, it means even more um you know <laughs> more effort more effort yeah and for those for those who have no idea about the uh, history of latvia and all the soviet union because hype is a global podcast um how could you let's say share some more knowledge about about the history of of the soviet countries in particular or how that impacted even outside of the art world how that impacted civilization hugely hugely if we wouldn't be part of soviet union these years we've been a different country at all we never as a country are willing to be part so it was occupation it was war and now looking on what's going on in ukraine it it feels very um, unsafe for the whole world, I think, because we don't know uh, the further development and this destroying power. Well, for me, it felt like it's gone. It, you know, Soviet Union and all that belongs to the past. And what happens now in Ukra Ukraine uh, reminds that it's still alive. And I think we all have to uh, help to um prevent um things to happen that we already have experienced in past when latvia were occupied uh many talented people artists uh intelligence uh, wealthy people were sent to siberia where they died including also members of my family it's very for no reason for no reason just just uh, not accepting this uh, brutal power. And uh, if uh, we wouldn't regain freedom back in 90s, for example, uh, as an art student, I never could manage to go to study abroad. It was forbidden, really. And only with um, cooperation with uh, KGB, you could go somewhere outside iron curtain so i think we're living in very fragile time now and i really hope for the best as this is very brutal power that doesn't have any um, um connection connection yeah. with your beliefs yes and i guess a lot of the beliefs of, of many latvians as well and um uh, russians who also who who live here who 
believe in a in a free free and freedom and i know i know that latvia is um is part of nato and and uh and i, I want to say as well um Taipei listeners come and visit riga such a beautiful city and riga is part of unesco yes. as well and it's very european i would say like i mean it is part of europe but it's very european and like going out for drinks and conversing and culture is so rich you know and um i just also want to say for many high pay listeners who uh have been used to seeing art let's say in new york or <laughs> like in london and paris you know there are other centers of art and i think that's that's the dialogue that we're also having here is this kind of cross pollination uh cross appreciation um and it's one world right it's one world it's not different worlds not third world not second world it's one world where we're all having a conversation about wanting the same things um which is freedom of expression right oh got deep there got mm -hmm. deep and i've got chills i've got oh. chills um <laughs> so what does success mean to you big big question very very big question <laughs> um to be honest, I never think about that, really. I'm just thinking about what I'm going to do next, about process itself. It just, yeah, I just want to continue. <laughs> and what, what's next? I mean, I, I can't, I, I, I almost don't feel like I want to ask you what's next because you're currently right in the middle of, not in the middle even, at the very beginning stages of having opened your incredible Quote, Thank unquote, you. successful show Thank pleasure. you. successful show a master of time and I know that you're in that moment right now of like reveling in the energy of the show post show event um opening night um do, do you do you see other do you have a schedule for the future of other shows already lined up on your calendar or are you currently reveling in the present moment right now I have an idea. So, um, I've been delaying uh, uh, this process of, of working with other projects until I will get done this show. So I have an idea and there is uh, more about cooperation with other artists in my mind. Uh, but uh, now um, I want to make, um, I, I just want to sort of um, assess of what happened here and sort of um learn something yeah. through this process of making the exhibition and then uh to create new step for further project so i i'm, I'm this process of this tran transition from one show and moving towards next uh and uh, i i can't say more about that at the moment so yeah uh yeah it's exciting it is yeah <laughs> it is a journey i think it's yeah. the whole thing it's about journey and art itself it's about like when you're making show you're kind of moving towards some something else and you don't know exactly what what that is until you haven't done it mm -hmm. some momentum yes I agree. And I, I feel that with my work, actually, as an artist, um, how one painting informs another, one show informs another show. Um, I'd love to hear about what, what's next and 
who knows, maybe maybe we can collaborate together, maybe even with Katie. You know, I had a show with Katie and she invited me to be part of this incredible show and I was very honoured, you know, and you just never know what can happen next. You know, I'm open to it if you are um, with me. Uh, we'll see what happens. And I think, I think it's always important and interesting how one conversation can lead to another conversation. Exactly. What, what are you... Um, reading right now are you reading um something like specific that's really impacted your work or or that you have read that's been very impactful in your work or something you've watched on television or like on Netflix um or music that you've listened to what's out there that's kind of currently you know the top of your mind let's say uh, there are books piled on my shelf, <laughs> um, prepared for reading. But honestly, I must say that I was in a kind of tunnel <laughs> yeah, yeah. of information. I was just here and excluded any anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. So totally. <laughs> um, and um, it's so interesting because the, the 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 two times that I've met you, you've been wearing black. <laughs> oh yeah we we didn't have a chance to meet yesterday i didn't wear black wear yesterday black. <laughs> yeah but the, there was a white uh, skirt uh, yeah. for the opening um, like how important is color in your paintings and your works because I, I see that there is um a lot of warm tones to your work but also very cool tones so warm tones being that orange like cadmium orange and red cadmium red and then you've also got these um blue silvers as well um, in other paintings tell us about how important color and particularly light vibration is important in your paintings please well i can't really separate color from light obviously and uh, choosing color like each color it kind of opens different doors to the way to achieve kind of feeling of light and I choose the ra range of color is chosen quite intuitively. So it's more about kind of um, emotional state, uh, less than uh, kind of particular uh, image. It's kind of um, intensity mm -hmm. that probably I felt due during the process of uh, creation, this particular exhibition. So it, it is intense probably, uh, more intense uh, regarding a uh, scale of color compared to my previous work and probably it relates to this period of time of creating the show as uh, there's been times when you kind of have to be you have to um, keep in balance uh, the world and the inner world and it it, it requires a lot of strengths and the, color itself kind of helped me to reach that um, kind of that trends. frequency and that yeah. that 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 depth yes even as well um that mood that feeling yeah it's amazing how color does that I I'm also a, a huge colorist and uh interestingly one of my favorite colors colors high pay listeners is orange and there's a, a plethora of orange in uh Vinetta's work which I just visually is food for my eyes um but again it's it's again that's that dialogue between warm and cold hot and cold as well 
it's painting. Yeah. You know, they're always dialogue. Mm -hmm. you, in a painting, <clears throat> they want color doesn't exist. It, it's all about dialogue. And as soon as you add just point to the whole painting of other color, it changes the whole. So, and this is a kind of way of creation and uh, way of maintaining dialogue with painting in this process. And you look like you're having a lot of fun when you're painting because it looks like you've enjoyed it. You know, oh, is it is that yeah, yeah there is enjoyable part and then there is a part where i'm probably fighting uh, i don't know whether it was myself or painting but there is some kind of um element of um yeah dealing with uh ideas or 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 some kind of um um you know what what you have in your mind and then what comes out physically and also we were the other night we were talking about after the private view, we were walking through the guard, the, the park, um, and we spotted the sunset. It was so gorgeous, remember, mm -hmm. and that orange of the sun just hitting against the Radisson Hotel glass, which is so emblematic of your work, I thought. <laughs> and I mentioned it to you as well. And how um how much you appreciate light. And, and how you were talking about your studio during the winter months, painting with not very much light here in Latvia, you know, winter months. Tell yeah, us about that Latvia is <laughs> located in Northern Europe and the light is very precious during winter, um, you know, and day light ends probably at four and it is so painful as for painting daylight is a kind of best source well I do use artificial light uh, time to time as well if I need to finish the work and uh, but during summertime uh, we appreciate light a lot and this particular gallery it's kind of you know, place that light is part of it. It's not just space, but it it is light that defines the space. It's attic. It has this um one wall, glass wall, uh that kind of invites light to be one of the players in the show. <laughs> Absolutely, and um, let's just talk about the commerciality of your paintings, shall we? Um, in terms of the business side of, of what you do as an artist. Um, do you have, I mean, I don't see here, but do you tend to have like a price list of your paintings for people who are interested in purchasing your work from the museum, um, from a show, or is it already, you have a list of people who already have um, you know, locked in that they want to buy X, Y, and Z paintings. Um, is this discussion, just for someone who's starting out as an artist, for example, how would you describe how you make money out of your work? Well, to be honest, uh, this uh, show in museum is, um, is uh, um, it's not 
commercial at all. It's uh, it's more like representation of ideas I'm working with, and the main thing was to convey these ideas in best possible way, and that was my aim. And uh, um, here in the fourth floor where my show is located, there are three rooms. The one is the largest uh, exhibition room where I put uh, series of painting um, about space and then there's two other smaller rooms and in one room I even created work on a site as uh, the particular space uh, kind of invited almost uh, to make a spatial drawing using transparency of the ground and the uh, uh, lines that kind of shines through the surface. And uh, this spatial drawing uh, is just, you know, I, I know how long time it will actually uh, exist as you kind of can walk on it <laughs> carefully. So um, this is uh, kind of different to um, compare to shows in commercial gallery, but I'm also working with commercial gallery marks like Ixo, for example. So are you represented by this gallery? Yes, I'm represented marks like Ixo. Uh, and also uh, I work with uh, some other galleries as well. So uh, I'm always, um, <laughs> when I'm making show, in a way, I don't think about that part of the life. But as an artist, of course, I have to somehow find a way how to um, generate funding or how to support my practice. And then you also, you apply for funding yes. as well and grants and scholarships and things like that too. Yeah, so I combine these yeah. approaches yeah. as uh, it is yeah. very important just to find a way how to uh, keep working. Agreed, agreed. And the reason why I ask that is because, um, you know, there are people who are wanting to get into the art world uh, on high pay, not not just the art world, but in the arts in general. And we're here to have that conversation as well, like transparency, you know, if like you have multiple ways of making money as an artist, um, as you, as we mentioned or insinuated through grants, scholarships, um, patronage as well. And then also having private representation from a gallery will obviously make the sales where they work towards mm -hmm. the PR and the, mm -hmm. the, they have a client list mm -hmm. themselves where you, the artist doesn't have to push for that um but again it's it sounds like you have that continued conversation internally um that is expressed out outwardly um between public and private you know between in and out um as an artist like private space public space public space being the museum right free of charge usually uh, and then the private space free of charge but then there is a a different mm -hmm. taste to it let's mm -hmm. say um who who would be your three inspirational people huh. in general it doesn't have to just be an art but three inspirational people that have really shaped your life uh, you know in uh, any other place or time i might name three different people but for me it was very thrilling moment moment yesterday when i had a chance to meet painter via Zalminia and um, 
I think when I was young art student in the United States and when I saw her work um, in San Francisco Museum of Modern Art, it was striking and uh, yeah, I could name her, but if it's only, there are much more than three, obviously. What was the name of your first person? What's her name again? Via Tel Nino. How do I, how do you write that? Um, J. Uh, <laughs> well, I will write it okay. down and then. Hi, Payless. Well, she's a well known American Latin painter, I'm sure. You, and recently, uh, um, like last Friday night, Via uh, Telming and Gerhard Richter had big show opening in Hamburg. So, wow. she, Amazing. Um, so um, Vinetta is writing down the. Yeah name of the artist so we can share on the podcast so she had a big show with Gerhard Richter and uh, yeah and uh, when I was really young as I started to attend art school at the age of 11 so it's really a young age very young 11, um, <laughs> 11 years old at art school people that's amazing and I think many artists influenced me but there is an artist who still influences and uh, I was fascinated just to discover uh, it's Vermeer and I also was happy to see his uh, his uh, show in Rome a couple of years ago knowing how few paintings remain after his death. So rare. Yeah and um, He's also someone that looks at light. Yes, and uh, my first encounter was just looking at the art books and I was just so astonished to see the miniature size of uh, them in reality as it kind of, um, the space and light in his work made you think that there are spacious yes really <laughs> if you don't look at the, you know, details. <laughs> and the dimensions of their work. I find that with uh, Salvador Dali's work as well. Dali's paintings are so small in real life, but we think from books they're quite yeah. big, yeah. but they're so detailed as well. And uh, yeah, let's uh, name Laurie Anderson as Laurie. the third person, uh, as she is just fascinating artist and personality and, and yeah, I still uh, love her over the years and uh, used to listen to uh, music <laughs> in my studio. And um, yeah, but I could uh, keep going on and on. Yeah. But if I should name three, then uh, let's <laughs> fix it. <laughs> cool. Um, thank you for sharing that. And um, for someone who's starting out as a painter, as an artist, what kind of tips would you give them? What kind of like advice? If you could give three important tips. Um, when I look backwards and if I would have a chance to talk to myself uh, as a young art student, I would say just believe in yourself. Yeah. Most important thing and follow your intuition follow your sort of um um 
inner um, um, feelings and trust yourself. It's um, it's very important because uh, I think for me it took a long time to really um, uh, to learn how important is to trust yourself, not to look to people you consider to be authorities or, you know, someone who influences or teachers or, mm -hmm. but just trust yourself. Yeah. And, and what would the last tip be? So if you've got belief in your, in yourself um, and trust your gut, trust your intuition, what would be the last tip that you would give an artist? Maybe an artist that's starting out or maybe an artist that's been painting let's say or working for maybe 30 years and they haven't had their break yet oh, yeah. <laughs> those are big questions but yeah because uh, sometimes people can get lost in continuing to do to do the thing you know to they can get um, they can get sad they can get distracted uh, they can get demoralized um, and this is a reason why I love you being here on High Pay as, as a leader of inspiration for those people too. Oh, thank you. I think the most important thing is to keep in mind that it's about process. Mm -hmm. And even if you feel like you're failing at something, it's leading you somewhere. I know that sometimes the feeling of failure might be kind of distracting and depressing, but there is a no creative process without you know that kind of you know parts it's not just about achieving it's just going through these various moods and it's about process mm -hmm. and um, and it's about working hard yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and your testament of that as well mm -hmm. um and lastly just to close out um what would be your lasting wisdom? What would be your like word of wisdom? Because mm. I know you also have a son as well, don't you? 13 year old. Yes. Maybe you'll be your word of wisdom to your son even, or the, the new generation possibly, or or someone again who's been around for a while and as an artist and they haven't had their break. Like what 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 would be your lasting words of wisdom? Just finding your own way just keep going and uh, finding your own way and that will lead you where you actually have to go and <laughs> beautiful um and so where can the high pay listeners um listen to you speak more or find your work i mean you have a website as well um but also you have this show and you have potentially other shows coming forward where can they find your work right at the moment the show is on a view until 6th of august at the latvian national museum of art and uh, just around the corner there is a gallery max like so who represents me and i'm working also with other galleries and uh, the website, <laughs> I need to make last updates, but yeah, you can find me through the website as well. And uh, yeah, on, and on Instagram as well. I think Instagram and Facebook and uh, I'm on social media. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness, uh, Mineta, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here on Hypey. It's really been a dream, to be honest. I've I've been um, an admirer of your work from afar. And, Thank you. <laughs> and uh, as a fellow artist, I appreciate the work that you put in and I see your light and I see your representation yourself um, out in the world. And it's been an absolute pleasure being invited to your show, your opening night and, and for you being here on High Pay. It's, um, it's been a real thrill, a real joy. And um, I really do, I do believe that the High Pay listeners are really gonna enjoy this episode so much. So thank you so much, Paliers, so much. Thank you so much. It's true honor, pleasure for me to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's all for now, Hypey listeners, uh, for this episode. I do hope you, you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed it and Vinette has enjoyed it. Let us know by rating this episode. You will find five stars on your podcast platform of choice where you can rate our podcast from one to five stars. So make sure to rate us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, um, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, really. Follow our podcast, Hype A, and follow us on Instagram as well, at Hype A Voices, to be in the know of what's coming up. And um, if you'd like to support Hype A through a sponsorship, if you'd like to advertise your service or product or brand, you can contact us at Hype A Voices on Instagram. That's Hype A voices on instagram so get turned on and tuned in every thursday see you next thursday with another inspirational guest ciao for now